Okay. Um, today, um, my title is Applying the Blood of Christ, and then we're going to head on towards communion at the end today instead of now. And, um, and the purpose of this is, is the application and the full effect and working in your life of the blood of Christ. I want two things today. I want you to realize and know your great need for God. You all have a great need for God. Many of you have had that need met, although it's ongoing. Um, but for all of us, I want us to know by the end of today, absolutely, absolutely, where to go and how to access God and how that works. And I'm going to do a history. We're going to be in the Old Testament. If you like scriptures, there's going to be plenty. If you don't, oh well. <laughs> Sucks for you. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, but if you're a visitor today and you're new to things Christian or new to the Bible and stuff like that, then this might be, what is this about? That's okay. Just take what you can. Take, take some meat out of it and out the bones. That's all right. Okay. Um, so we're just going to go straight into the place of first mention. Um, I've, I've bombed Sam on visuals with a whole lot of verses. So, you know, if he doesn't quite get them all, you know, don't blame the boy. He's doing a good job. All right. In Leviticus 16, we got the Day of Atonement. It's a, it's a feast in Israel still to this day. And uh, this is a lot of years ago. And uh, it's 11 to 14. And uh, the high priest went in once a year to make atonement for the people. And then when he went from the outer court to the inner court, he went to the Holy of Holies and he had some blood and he sprinkled it on the Ark of the Covenant, okay, or, the, or on the mercy seat actually, which sits on top in seven places. Just remember that. Oh, the New Testament connection. I've got a New Testament connection for you. Here we go. Uh, and Aaron had to atone for himself and his family once a year. You should probably do it every day because you're worse than Aaron, eh? <laughs> and uh, he could atone then for Israel in a similar way. And here's the New Testament connection. Jesus sprinkled his blood seven times because we're Christians, we're Christ followers. If you're following Jesus Christ, good on you. If Jesus is following you around everywhere, well, that's not so good. Don't die in that condition. All right? Here we go. Number one, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweated great drops of blood. Number two, in the house of the high priest, he was beaten with rods. Number three, his beard was pulled out. Number four, he was um, whipped with a Roman scourge, which has pottery and metal shards in the leather tied into it. Number five, a crown of thorns was pushed and beaten onto his head. Big thorns, you've seen them. Number six, nails were, were driven through his hands and, he, and his feet in the crucifixion process. And finally, once he was dead, there was a spear put through his side or his heart. All right. And it says here in Isaiah, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he hardly seemed human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. That was Isaiah prophesying the death of Jesus 
in about 600 BC, 500 BC, somewhere there. Blood in Israel was precious. They were taught that it was precious, it was to be respected. You didn't go and abuse an animal. If you had to kill an animal, you did it respectfully. It's, I think that's where we get it from today because some nations don't do that. You know, and it's, I find it really worrying in New Zealand. It happened just this last week when animals are, 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 are tormented or beaten in horrible ways and young people t- treat pets and things in terrible ways because, you know, uh, studies show us that if you are a young person and you know how to look after a pet and know how to look after an animal well, you'll treat people well. So it doesn't bode well or sit well with me when I see young ones uh, disfiguring or whatever animals. It's not very good at all. Um, So in Leviticus 17 verse 11, it says this, For the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, This is priestly kind of terms, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Jesus poured out his life for the entire human race. And you've said yes to him. And you have benefited from that transaction. He took the hit. You got off lightly. He took all the punishment. You don't have to. Because you take that, how? By faith, by simple faith. I've left my communion down there. Tim, can you chuck me up my communion? It's just right by your foot. Oh, That one? That's fine. Okay. We're going to be using these in a while. All right. Distraction. Sorry. Jesus poured out his life for the entire human race. It says in Revelations 12, 11, and they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life nor renounce their faith, even faced with death. And we're praying for some people. There's 50 countries in the world that are pretty tough as a Christian. Get one of those things down the back there. There's 30 of them and pray for someone else in one of those countries. People who are totally committed are the only people that God, that the devil is scared of. The devil is scared of you when you're totally committed. If you're not, so what? You know, sometimes I think we need a correct view of self-interest versus God's will. Like I said before, we're followers of Jesus. He's not meant to be following us around, but he graciously does. We overcome Satan when we personally testify to what the word of God says about what the blood of Jesus does for us. That's where you overcome. That's where things shift. That's where things shift over your life. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning and I, I, I just started pleading the blood of Christ over myself. And as a dad, you know, like over my wife, Carrie, and over my children and their, their partners and grandchildren and stuff like that. And As I did that, I just started shaking and I thought, man, we need this. We need the blood of Christ. We get so blasé about it and I don't like, I don't think God likes us to be, getting trembly now. I don't, God does not like us to be blasé around the blood of his son because it cost him. It's humiliated God for God to do that. But he was determined to do it and Jesus could not be deterred because he had you in mind. 
for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed, it says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Now let's backtrack a bit. 1445 BC is the accepted date, if you're liberal, the 13th century. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take a lamb for yourselves according to the size of your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood, which is in the basin. See, they caught the blood. They didn't just let it go on the ground. They caught the blood into a basin. But they needed something like a paintbrush. And touch some of the blood to the lintel above the doorway, that top bit above your door, and then down the sides. But never, never in the, in the bottom of the doorway where people will walk on it. And there's a verse about that in the New Testament. It says this, How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and profaned the blood of the covenant by which he has been sanctified and outraged the spirit of grace? There is a serious side to taking communion. We examine ourselves. I'm giving you lots of time to do that today. We normally have to squeeze out a communion message in three to five minutes. You're going to get 30 to 35 minutes of contemplation. Praise God. <laughs> Just got a question today too. Does, does basic obedience to God's calling come before we sort of get the breakthrough and are sprinkled with that blood sometimes? I found this verse in Peter 1, uh, verse 2. It said, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. I just noticed that the cleansing bit is on the end there. There's a process when we come to God, but there's definitely a breakthrough around the blood of Christ. And you are forgiven of everything that you have ever done past, present, and future if you have faith for it. There's a security. God wants his kids to be secure. We are not to be insecure people around God. We're to know our need, but we're to know our inheritance. And your inheritance, brothers and sisters, is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And all that comes from it, you have access to the very life of God, all of you. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Ooh, jolly and serious today. I think God's just underlining this. The Holy Spirit's underlining this today. They were instructed to stay inside their homes and eat roast lamb. I can think of worse things than that. You know, but maybe some of the teenagers wanted to shoot over to a rave close to Gaza. No, they had to stay inside this night because there was a death angel going through where they were in Egypt. This was the last big act of God, big miracle, a judgment of God actually upon a suit, the superpower of the time, the nation of Egypt, which was a lot different to the Egypt that we see today. But we can see through some of the pyramids and things how it was. 
so. The whole of God's plan there depended on fathers cooperating with God. Dads, are you cooperating with God? Are you praying for your families? I notice on the flip side that the greatest of social evils today come from fathers who are just not there. No guaranteed protection outside. So today, how do we get the blood from the basin to where we live? Do we have to get some hyssop? By the way, it's commonly thought that Syrian... Uh, what's the herb? Come on, come on, Julian. You can do this. A common herb <laughs> that's used in Syria, they call it Bible hyssop. Yeah. I'll get it by the end. Don't worry. And uh, other commentaries think it's a mint. Um, but whatever the variety is, the there were different sizes of it, but I think the Bible one that they used was pretty small. They used to dry it, pick it twice a year and dry it. Yeah. So how do we get that blood to the basin? Well, our testimony becomes the hyssop that dips in the blood and applies it. Your words, your words, your prayer, your words, understanding what's being given to you, your words take the legal victory of Jesus, which we call the blood of Christ or the cross, your words are the hyssop today that dips in the blood and applies it to where it's needed. So if you've got a guilty conscience, you need to push past that guilt and with your words, that's how you shift stuff. That's how we shift guilt and shame. You know, we all do stuff that's wrong. Can I be really honest with you? I don't want to shock you, but I had this little patch where I've, I fell into blaspheming the Lord's name once earlier this year. Boy, did I go low for about three weeks. I thought, how could I even do that? It was the name of Jesus, and I treated it with not the respect it deserved. So what do you do when you fall into something like that? And change your attitude. Watch the flesh nature in your life. It's like, it's like an orange tree that's been, that God's cut off and it's lying there, but it's still got oranges on. The leaves might be going slightly yellow, but it doesn't look too dead yet. You have to manage that. And we do it by the way of the cross. And we do it with this. I'll start waving it at you guys soon. So no honesty or confession from you. No high priest blotting out your sins. Sorry. Jesus said the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you in Matthew 12.37, I know that's not just applied to this, but I'm applying it to this today because it fits. You'll either, either come safely into the harbour in life or you'll end up a shipwreck. 
It's your decision. Many of us Christians are very careless and neglectful with the use of our tongues, and I've just owned up to that already today. Never say anything about yourself that you wouldn't want Jesus to make happen. It's easy out of a low self-esteem to say something really stupid about yourself. It's not true. It might feel true. It might feel true out of that place, but it's not true. God doesn't see you that way. He sees you entirely different. Never underestimate yourself or what God can do with you. God thinks we are precious. God thinks you are precious. You're just as good as anybody else. So let's get to some practical action in the sevenfold application of the blood of Jesus. I'm sharing this this morning. I hope you'll have communion at home. You mightn't have that. What have I got in my pantry at the moment? I've got like wraps, that would do. Crackers, that would do. I've got a little bit of um, Shiraz, that would do. But if you haven't got anything, just boil the jug and get a rosehip tea bag or something and dip it in a few times and you're ready to go. That's compliments of uh, Liz Matthews. That's her trick. All right. The first one is the area of redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so when he has redeemed them from trouble. Has the Lord redeemed you out of trouble? Tell someone. And you'd say something like, through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of the hand of the devil. I know what it's like to be under the devil's power. As a young man, boy, I was blind to some stuff. I was getting steered and I thought I was having a great time, but someone else was laughing. But it turned out not to be very funny in the end. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God showed me how to do this. Oh, Talk about a miracle. Talk about finding a God that I never dreamed existed in the way I found him. I'm so thankful. Number two is cleansing. If you need cleansing, but we walk in the light as he is in the light and we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. I want you to note the continuing present tense in that verse. There's a continuing present tense and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's ongoing. There's an ongoing provision. It comes back to that security thing that I mentioned earlier. I guess there's a warning too. If we get out of fellowship and we get out of the light, then maybe the blood doesn't work in the dark. I want to point you to David. He said, purge me with hyssop. This is what he was referring to. He was referring to that time of the Passover when the death angel passed over because they had put the blood around the door all that time ago. So this is now a 1,000 approximately BC when David was doing this. And David was broken. He'd sinned against God. He'd done something. He'd murdered a person. He'd stolen someone else's wife. And David references Passover to his own terrible situation. You can do that too. You can do that. And he speaks it out because it's recorded in the Bible. 
When we know that we're guilty of something, we need to acknowledge our guilt and not stew in it like a slow cooker crock pot for days and weeks. For goodness sake, get out of it. Deal with it. Father, I thank you that while I walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me now and continually from all sin. You, can, you guys can do this. You need to get onto this. This is so basic to the Christian life. Number three, justification. I need to move fast. And since we have been made right with, in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from condemnation. Meaning, acquitted, not guilty, made or reckoned righteous. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness, said Isaiah, looking into these things 600 years before they happen. If you're feeling like, not guilty, but accused, accused, if you're feeling like accused, I double dare you to dare the accuser to find anything wrong with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He cannot. Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming. He's got nothing in me and still has nothing in Jesus Christ. So your testimony would, or testify would be something like, through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, acquitted, not guilty, Reckoned righteous, whatever words you choose, made right and good, just as if I never sinned. And you take it by faith. You just don't blab it over yourself. You take it. These things are taken by faith. The reality of this is taken by faith. You can come to church and do it, but if you mix no faith with it, it won't do you any good. Sanctification. Two aspects, the negative one first, we are saved from something or set apart from sin. It deals with the sin one. And then the positive one is we are made holy with God's own holiness. It's not just God forgive me for the sin, it's God clothe me with who you are. God clean me up on the inside. It's not just I've done it again. So also, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates. You're getting a good communion message today. To make his people holy by means of his own blood. Hebrews 13, 12. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years. And oh boy, some of them did. Doing the best they knew how. And some of you would say, well, they didn't know much. But God's discipline is always good for us. So that we might share in his holiness. There it is, being delivered from something and receiving something. We are partakers in God's own holiness, his purity, his perfection. And so you'd say something like, through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, set apart from sin and made holy with Christ's own holiness. Who's going to argue with that? The devil? Ha! No way. He can't. As long as we get it in here. The very life of God. Now, this is a cool one. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? 
See, they, they, early Christians, they took it by faith. And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? They took it by faith. They didn't have a, have a big teaching around that. They took it by faith. In the moment, through prayer, by faith. It's just simple confidence and trust. And it became real in their lives. And you can do the same today. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing, you are proclaiming. There it is, testifying, applying the Lord's death till he comes again. That's Corinthians 11, 26, 1 Corinthians. Question, I want to just ask you again, do you, are you getting yet a sense of your tremendous need before God? This is a serious message. We have a tremendous answer, but we have tremendous needs. And if you don't identify your need, you might not get the answer. Therefore, we do not come discouraged, uh, you know, disappointed or afraid, fearful. Though our outer self is progressively wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. And the Bible says, and the, the Apostle John wrote, He who has the Son has the life. And who, he who doesn't have the son doesn't have the life. If you've got Jesus, you've got the life. Eternal life is living in you today, the Bible says, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart of hearts. And I just want to say, even if you're senior, there's enough life in that inner man to finish that which God has assigned you to do. Amen? Intercession, number six, we're nearly there. In the Old Testament, they all gathered around this mountain and, and the mountain shook and even if an animal came past the barrier, it died. You know what I mean? It, was, it, was, it freaked out the Jews so much that they said to Moses, um, we can't listen to God any longer. You talk to him and we're going to go over here. But then you come and talk to us because he's freaking us out right now and, and uh, we just can't handle this. We can't handle this, Moses. So you go and sort it with God and then tell us what he wants. And so that was a mountain of fear. But as Christians, we have a mountain of joy. And here it is. It's in Hebrews. It says, You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, there it is, which speaks forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Abel was killed against his will. He was murdered by his own brother. His blood was sprinkled on the earth and his blood called out for vengeance. It's like Abel's, I know that's like a metaphor or whatever, but it's like there's a lot of people that call out for vengeance today. Jesus willingly gave his life and his blood was sprinkled in the holiest place of all in the universe. And it speaks mercy. It speaks mercy over you. It doesn't call for vengeance. It doesn't go, look what Wayne Garton did yesterday. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, Father, look what Wayne did yesterday. Let's cover it. I cover it. I cover it with my blood. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know how it works. It works. Thank you, God. Here's the testimony bit. That even when I cannot pray, by the way, I believe that, that 
when you've got a heartfelt, and you can't get the words out, when something is on your heart and sitting there and you're feeling for someone, I believe that's prayer. It's probably the continued heartfelt prayer that the Bible talks about. It doesn't necessarily mean words to pray, all right? Which kind of contradicts what I said earlier about this, but you'll get it. Thank you, God, that even when I cannot pray, the blood of Jesus is pleading for me in heaven. You guys are well provided for. Access, last one, out of the realm of time. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can come boldly, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain, which is referring to the curtain in the old Jewish temple, which is no more at the moment, into the holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. There's the faith. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed in pure water. Don't know if that means baptism or whatever. Um, let us hold tightly without wavering. This is like in an ongoing way. To the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So it's said to enter boldly. That word there means free speech. God gives you the words to pray. And other scriptures back that up. When you don't know what to pray, God helps you. The Holy Spirit helps you. It's like sometimes, well, some of you here would have become a Christian because you would have heard the gospel somewhere and you thought, right, I'm getting out of here, and then found yourself at the front. How did that happen? How did that work for you? Good, eh? I went to leave church one time, and I was, I was running for the door, mate, and the Spirit of God came on me, and I just ended up a blubbering wreck. And that worked out well for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help. I think the key thought with that last bit there about enduring and holding tightly without wavering. It's like keep your seatbelt on during when times are turbulent like they are at the moment. Just, you know, don't live sloppy. Keep your seatbelt on. You know, make it click. <laughs> and so lastly, we would thank the Lord that through the sprinkled blood of Jesus, I have access to your presence to the holiest, purest place in the universe. Ah, now that's where you find life. That's where you find mercy every time. Don't be robbed of what I'm telling you today, Christian. You'll get worn down. You have to become renewed in this stuff. You have to have this as a foundation in your life. Oh, you need it. So a recap before we have communion actual the seven provisions or benefits are redemption. That's kind of God, you coming out of the kingdom of darkness and getting planted in the kingdom of God. Cleansing, justification, just like you never sin. Sanctification, the spirit of life in you. Life, intercession, Jesus interceding for you. 
you're in, the idea of the intercession is you gain access with someone you don't deserve access with, and that's God the Father. But you have access. You've got access with Almighty God. Intercession and access. How do we apply the blood? Oh, man. I'm depressed right now. Be, hang on. <laughs> Through your mouth. Through your mouth. And so this little thing here as we wrap up. Daniel, if you want to come and do your little thing on the guitar, that would be awesome if you want to. If you don't, that's all good. It has two layers. He plays lovely kind of semi-classical stuff on the guitar. So we are Daniel. <laughs> so then you peel the top one off. That comes out. And then you peel the second one, and then you need to be careful here and watch out, or you'll get stained clothes. You'll get sprinkled, all right? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. And we plead the power of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we take authority over every addiction that's plaguing us, every foul habit that's plaguing us in Jesus' name. Whether, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking too much, whether it's taking drugs, whether it's eating too much, whether it's on our phones too much, we take authority over it and we yield it to you and we ask you, dear God, into this and we thank you that there is one greater than us that died for us that was willing to give his life for the world and his name's Jesus the Saviour. And we thank you for him today. And Father, if we're here today and we're not well in our bodies, we plead the blood of Christ over our bodies for healing. And we ask that healing would come through the blood and body of Christ because He is our head and we are His body. We receive that today by simple faith. And God, if we have sinned against You in any way, we thank You that when we sin, there is a provision for us and it's called the blood of Christ and we make an appeal and the devil loses his legal accusation every time when it comes to the blood of Christ and I bind every accusing spirit in this place and every foul demon afflicting the people of God in the name of Jesus Christ and I subject them to the body and blood of Christ. We wreak havoc in the devil's kingdom through the body and the blood of Christ because it is finished. It is finished. Jesus has done it. <clears throat> you don't have to do anything else to get right with God. You trust and you obey. That's it. Jesus plus nothing. How good is that? So let's take the emblems today of that reality and receive all that 
and more into our lives. Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Man, I'm feeling great right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. We remember you. We remember what you did. And we are grateful. And we take it with two open hands. We're not shy about it. We're not even going to meditate on it in our quiet little English hearts. We're going to go, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. May the grace and the blood of Jesus be on you all. Have a great day. Oh, I'm done. Praise God. If you need prayer, if you need, if you really need some extra prayer, come up and uh, good people will come up and pray for you. God bless you. Have a great day. Your love is endless. Your love is endless. Your love is endless. Strength to fight miracle power is within my reach.